My Mac Podcast number 303. Did you hear what I said? I have heard you with unmistakable clarity. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome to MyMac.com podcast number 303. The G-Men are here and on duty. Thank you very much, Gaz. How are you tonight, buddy? Um, superb. Thank you, Guy. I'm absolutely superb. If not a little bit windows worn today. Uh-oh, what happened? <laughs> Come on, give, give uh, it up. Well, uh, well, I think I'm not sure what I've mentioned to you before, but at work we're, we're, we've got uh, something going on which means that we've got all new computers. We, the whole company goes with new computers, I think. And they're Macs, think, right? No, they're not Macs, unfortunately. Oh, That's why I'm Windows worn. Um, and we're not changing over to Macs. But there, there's, we had a virus as well, which they've cleaned up today. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh there's about 20,000 machines, I think, that they're you know, going to be swapping over. And I had to do a bit of a you know, training session on Windows 7. Ugh. Oh, you guys are all getting Windows 7? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, uh, come... September time that uh, we're going to be transferring I, over. I'm so, almost uh, afraid to ask what were you on before? XP. Yeah, um, we're still on XP. You know, and we had we had kind of a similar transition. Uh, well, we're not going to Windows Seven uh, where I work. They finally, finally, thank the Lord God above, finally got rid of. Internet Explorer 6. <laughs> yeah, I think we finally moved on. It wasn't so long ago that we was on 6. Oh, it's, uh, man. But there you go. Hey, so it just makes me happy when I come home and plan my Mac. Oh, very, very – yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> Speaking of Macs, um, yep. this is the MyMac <clears throat> – ooh, pardon me, MyMac.com podcast. And uh, give you a little bit of update on what's going on on the site as we speak. Donnie Yankelo has a Maxpiration 116. He went vacationing with his iPad 3G. Yeah, I might have to definitely take have a look at that and uh, because obviously I'm going to be going away soon, so and I'm going to be going with my iPad. So uh, and I'll got take some inspiration from that. Um, the next on the pod, on the website is iWork09, the missing manual from uh, David Weeks. And uh, the last one that we're going to talk about, um, you, you know, the, the people listening to this show, you may have heard of this little issue with the iPhone. Uh, we, we didn't talk about it last week, mostly, I think, just because it was being done to death at the time. And I really don't think that up until now, you know, Apple just had the, the big uh, news conference last Friday that, I, you know, I, I just didn't think that all parties had been heard from yet. And, uh, you know, I, I won't speak for Gaz, but I, I just didn't really think it was the time to talk about it yet. No, I agree. But <laughs> now it, uh, it, it, it kind of is, you know, all, all the different parties have been heard from. And of course, everyone or quite a few people are still unhappy about it. Um, but Donnie Yankelo also wrote a, uh, a blog at mymac.com called like it or not. Steve Jobs is right. Yeah, I, I've, I've read through this and I've got to agree with him. And I, I, I think a lot of people agree with him as well, Guy. I, I don't know about you, but it's it's it seems to have 
I, and I've got a little bit of a theory. I know that Steve had a theory about these the cases, oh, yeah. um, which he mentioned at that um, that conference. Um, and I've got a little bit of theory of why this is going on and on and on. Um, but um, basically, Donnie goes on in the item, and he finishes off by pretty much saying, "Look, if <laughs> if you don't like it, take it back, get your money back, return it, get a case, to, to, to go and speak to Apple. It's, it's yeah, not well, the I end mean- of the world." Basically, at the at the conference, you know, Steve Jobs laid it out. Look, if you don't like, like you said, if you don't like the phone, you've got thirty days to send it back. Now, on on that particular note, I think it would have gone over a little bit better if they had extended it to say sixty or ninety days. Yeah, agree, agree. You know that 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 might have. You know, I, I don't know if it would have taken all of the 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 venom from you know the the tech press these days, but it it certainly would have sounded better. Um, now the other thing, of course, they did was they're going to give away either the uh, what do they call them? bumpers? Yeah, the bumpers. Yeah, bumper, bumper, bumper. And if they don't, <laughs> Cause have, that's because all they are really, isn't it? They're yeah, it's just, around, I yeah. guess it's just. I mean, I haven't seen one yet because you know I, every time I, I go into I an Apple store, you know, you, you go over and you look at the iPhone accessories, and you know, you could hear crickets over there. There's just nothing there. <laughs> well, the same thing happened with the iPad. True enough. True yeah. enough. You know, I mean, I, I've I've yet to see in the wild an They're apple. They're not giving away free cases case. for them, though, are they? No, no. <laughs> and damn it, it, the signal goes down when I when I touch it, it when I touch it inappropriately. <laughs> Look, I've told you before about doing that. <laughs> it gets me in trouble all the time. <laughs> so you know, I mean, that that's basically what this whole thing comes down to. And I, I really don't want to spend you know, a, a whole lot of time talking about this because... No, and, and to be honest with you, I've read a few, you know, the, the tech press and all, in fact, all the main press even are getting hold of it and running with it and running yeah. with it. And, you know, my theory is they've just got nothing better to talk about at the moment. No, no. Oh, well, I mean, and it's, and, it's and not I've just... even seen something from PC World that says, Antenna Gate, who cares? Yeah. You know... <laughs> There's, I mean, almost almost all the other phones that are in the same category have a certain amount of signal drop off if you hold it in an inappropriate way. Now, um, with you know, I, I've read the Consumer Reports little bit on it, and um, I've also I was also listening on on another podcast, uh, somebody else talking about it, and their site had done some research, and. It's it's basically the difference between some of the Droid phones at about a uh, a Neg sixteen dB drop, ne- you know Neg sixteen Neg seventeen dB drop in signal, versus the iPhone when you hold it when you hold the iPhone wrong, it's about a Neg twenty four drop. So there there is a noticeable difference in signal drop on some of these different phones. Now could have could Apple have designed it a little bit better? Sure. You know, but yeah, but I mean, in saying that though, a lot of people who've got them actually say that it's got a lot better reception than the uh, old 3GS. Um, I, I've heard lots of people and and spoken to a few people on Twitter that said it gives me a much better reception than the 3GS did. So, you know, they've improved something. It's just this little this little corner. Don't touch here. Yeah. And in fact, I've seen a. Um, I'll send you the link so you can send it into the show notes. Okay. Um, which is, it says, hilarious iPhone for antenna decal. And basically, it, it's very Apple in its uh, visualization. Uh, it's got a phone, it's red, and it says, end call. And it's placed <laughs> right over the spot. 
Yeah, somebody should make a case like that. Except yeah. I don't think they would sell them in the Apple store. No, no, somehow I don't. But I no. think the bigger issue, um, which you've mentioned to me um, as well, because neither of us have got obviously an iPhone four. No, you haven't. Got, you haven't been out, run out, and got one, have you? No, uh, and you know, and, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why I haven't gotten one. Um, yeah. I've got a, a, a 32 gigabyte 3GS that I'm very happy with, and the only thing the i4 iPhone 4 brings to the table, as far as what it does a little bit, it's got a slightly faster processor. It's got a okay, it's a better screen, and I can edit video on my phone. All right, that's you know, it, it, was that worth three hundred dollars to me <laughs> to get a new phone? Yeah, no, probably not. Probably no. not, and that's what people are got to work out. Yeah. They've got to look at the the pros and the extras and say, is it worth going for it? Which yeah. is the same as what you do with every every device. Really. Well, it's what you should do. Now, if it had had sixty four gigs of storage, okay, uh, yeah, I would have, I would have, I would have bought a new phone. <laughs> Regardless, <laughs> I, I just like you're lots a sucker. Of space. You're a sucker for all those megabytes. Aren't I you? need the space, man. <laughs> I, I just I watch too much video. So the, the, the big issue, though, is this. This problem they've got with the um, sensor. Yeah, the, the proximity, proximity sensor, sensor that's 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 there in the phone. And I know I was uh, I was talking to uh, to Tim last week, and he's got he's got an iPhone four. And in the middle of our conversation, all of a sudden I can't hear him, and you know I don't know if he can hear me, but the, depending on on what the problem is, you know it can it can mute your call, it can. Uh, leave your screen on, which of course is going to use up a lot more battery life. And now think about this as you're holding the phone and you're looking at, at all the different little phone functions after you've, after you've called, if you're just holding it in front of you and talking, well, if the proximity sensor hasn't turned off that screen, all of those functions are still active. Yeah. So that's, that's just not good. And, and I'm hoping that uh, you know, you know, Apple just came out with what was it? Uh, iOS four oh one, I think it was. Yes, I think it was. Yeah, and that was to that was for the uh, the wireless signal, wasn't it? Just it was really visual. I don't think it did anything major other than change the the type of signal that it's the gauge that it's giving you. So yeah, yeah. Well, the, you know, they made a big deal about that. Oh, well, yeah, we're using yeah. we're using the real numbers now instead of you know the. The, the numbers we use for every other phone that we've but ever I think made. everybody that's got a major problem is shouting at them to get the proximity yeah. um, sensor issue well, sorted. You know, in my mind, I, I think that that's a, a, a bigger yeah, issue I agree. than the problem with the, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, it, <clears throat> if you have a case for the phone, then your problems with the antenna is gone. But that's not going to help you with the proximity sensor. And, and hopefully that's something that can be fixed in software. Hopefully, I, th I think Hopefully. it can. I, I think they've probably just set the the sensor to. I mean, they they had it working before. They've, they, I can't imagine that they've changed the design drastically because of that. Other than they have got a different type of glass now, of course. So perhaps they just haven't got the you know um, the sensitivity of the software correct to the new glass. Perhaps I don't know. Yeah, well, but I'm, I'm, I hope they can fix that in software, and I'm sure they can. Yeah. Well, um, the one thing we're not going to see is a recall. No, no, no way. Uh, if you own no. an iPhone 4 and you're holding no. out for like some kind of class action lawsuit or you're holding out for a recall. My, my, my only thought was um, that if people are that you know fed up with it, take it back now and wait until the end of September. 
Yeah, yeah, because you know, and and one one of the things that I've been reading in um, oh, we got to hurry this up. One of the things I've been reading in some of the you know some of the various tech blogs is well, does this mean that they'll come out with a, a slightly changed iPhone before you know next June or July, which is when they typically release one? Mm. Can't see it myself. Well, I mean, if they make some some basic fixes, you know, and and really. Fixing the antenna is just a matter of, of having some something over that one corner. They don't have to do it all the way around the phone. It just needs to be in that one corner on the left-hand side, lower. I, 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 can, I, I think we both know that they are working pretty damn hard on seeing if they can get this fixed somewhere. People a lot cleverer than either of us yeah, yeah. are trying to get that fixed. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, so, I, I, I've got a feeling it's by September even you might see something. I mean, I know that this was – it was probably just an arbitrary date just to kind of put an end date to when they're giving free cases away because, <laughs> you know, that would go on forever otherwise. So that yeah, was, I want a know, free case for my iPhone 12 yeah, or something. Yeah. I mean, somebody – I'd heard somebody say, oh, you know, they're just doing it uh, then to, to review it. It might be a new phone. I think they had to put a date down, but, you know, perhaps they've got something in – in the pipe work and production from them on new iPhones would be better. So anyway, anyway, yep. we've probably gone on too much about it. Oh I'm yeah, sure yeah, we have. So, but if you go to mymac.com yep. and you can read the uh, the blog by Donnie Yankalo, like it or not, Steve Jobs is right. Now, uh, if you were listening last week, we had a wonderful, wonderful guest on, and we made it a bit of a mystery and all things considered, I think maybe that was a mistake. I should have just said, Oh, we had Steven, we had Steven Tobolowsky, but instead it was like, Ooh, let's be secretive. And it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah that worked. And out I'll tell so you well. what, if you didn't listen to last week's go back and listen because it's a great interview. Yeah. And, and the, the, well, and today we're going to have the, uh, the second part of the interview. Cause it ran, we ended up running, uh, I think an hour and, 10 minutes in total, which was, um, I think in my mind, probably very close to the edge as far as uh, garage band goes. So, uh, uh, coming right up in just a minute is going to be the second part of our interview with Steven Tobolowski and you guys are going to love it. I don't know what Enjoy. else to say about it. Enjoy. Yep. This is Don McAllister from Screencasts Online, and I never listen to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And we're back, and uh, we're going to join the Stephen Tobolowski interview right where he's talking about how much he enjoyed making his uh, Stephen Tobolowski's birthday party. Files podcast, and um, I know that uh, both Fearless Leader Tim. And myself have have spoken of the Tobolowski Files podcast several times, not only on this podcast but on Tim's podcast OWC Radio, and he is so jealous that I got you on this podcast. <laughs> can I can I just say, guy? Actually, it does say I'm, I'm doing a bit of surfing while Stephen's talking, and it does say that as we are the MyMac podcast, that that was actually edited on a dual G5 Apple computer. Oh, absolutely. I got the oh, in link fact, in there. <laughs> you guys, oh, well, let me tell you, this, you're right. You're right, uh, Gaz. This is, this is an important element of the story, too. Andy, who, who was our 
producer and editor, used to be an Apple genius. He used to work at the Apple stores, and we edited the entire film on Final Cut. Well, he did. Uh, and then we had a tie-in with Apple in that uh, we were able to travel to Apple stores around the country and show the film and answer questions about the movie. Really? And, and so Apple was enormously helpful to us but besides giving us the brilliance of Andy and the, the software with, with which we made the film on. Uh, there is a definite Apple connection. Well, that works out well because this is a Macintosh podcast. <laughs> All righty. Well, there you go. Well, now you, you of course, uh, you are a Mac user. I am a Mac user. Yeah. I have a, uh, right now, the prehistoric uh, G4. Uh, a Mac Mini or an iMac? It's, it's a, it was the top of the line uh, probably around the time the earth cooled. It, it was, <laughs> what is it, that 17-inch laptop? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The PowerBook. PowerBook. Awesome. And it's what I write all of my stories on. And uh, it's it's been great. And, and I'm operating under an old operating system because the computer works so well. I daren't use Flyfish or whatever they're using now. I mean, I think <laughs> I'm, I'm using uh, Coyote or <laughs> the old o operating o system. O OS 10 Snow animals. Coyote. Yeah. <laughs> So I run a source rank. <laughs> right. You know, so I keep Puma. it real simple. I Free use Puma. it kind of for word processing, but it's working for Skype. And also I'm able – it has all of the uh, plugins for a big monitor, which I have right now, in which I'm looking at a big picture of my wife on smiling at me. Oh, it makes me so happy. Uh, <laughs> well, but, uh, now, based yeah. on the success of Stephen Tobolowsky's birthday party, uh, I guess Slash Films – dot com contacted you and wanted to do a podcast or how did that work out? Yeah, it was David Chin who was the managing editor. It was back with the broken neck. Isn't it funny how the stories overlap? The I had my broken neck and David Chin called me. I couldn't work. I was at home and he said, would you be open to an interview about birthday party? And I said, absolutely. And David found the movie on his own. Uh, it's one of the few movies that Rotten Tomatoes gave a 100% perfect rating on perfectly unrotten and everybody told david oh you got to see the movie got to see the movie and finally he did and he loved it and he ended up interviewing me three different occasions and on the last occasion at a break he said stephen what do you think if we did part two a birthday party as a podcast uh where you just do the same thing you're doing a birthday party tell stories and it could either be – he anticipated there be a lot of film stories, movie stories and things like that. But it turns out to be kind of a 50-50 thing with life stories and with uh, film stories. And we call it the Tobolowsky Files. And last week, you know, we climbed to number four on iTunes for audio podcasts, which wow. was a first for us. We were thrilled. And – uh Right now, we're talking with some NPR stations that that heard the show and want to use expand the Tobolowsky files into the realm of NPR, which uh, in America here, uh, Gaz is a 
what, National Public Radio? Yes, National Public Radio. That would be so cool. And so we're still in a growing mode with it. But uh, the Tobolowski Files is free. No salesman will call. It is, it is, <laughs> it's downloadable from iTunes or from Slash Film. And, uh, and people are doing it. You know, we, we, we get letters now from all over the world of people hearing uh, some of these stories. Well, I know when I when I talked to you earlier, Stephen, that you know I, I was I was telling you that you know the stories that you tell about your experiences in Hollywood on TV and the movies those are those are great, but the ones that I really connect with are the stories that you tell about growing up in Texas and and the, um, the dangerous <laughs> dangerous animals club, which I thought was just hysterical. Uh, the the story that you told about about your mother that, and I think I said when I talked to you earlier that it was the, the first time within about a two minute time span that I laughed, I cried and, you know, went into deep thought all within about two minutes. <laughs> that's wonderful. That's, that's the point of it. I, I remember I was, I teach, a, I, I, I'm hired by a group of casting directors out here, Kalmanson and Kalmanson in LA to teach improvisation and to teach comedy and I remember I was teaching my comedy class and I just come from Dallas having gone through that experience kind of with with my mother and I sat down with my comedy class and I I was telling them I said you know I'm just thinking you know what it was like that and I start talking and while I'm talking I'm thinking like this is a story this is a story. I, I, uh, oh, that was a real kind of breakthrough story for me and David Chin on the podcast because it really isn't show business related at all. No, it's not. And uh, I've gotten letters about that story. It's episode four of yes. the podcast called The Alchemist. And it is, it is a story, I think, I was contacted by NPR. I recorded it over Christmas for NPR. And uh, I've gotten letters about that story from all over the world. So apparently it does strike a note with people who've lost someone that they love very much. Well, I, I just have to say that it, it was just brilliant. Um, getting, getting back to, to some of the roles that you've done, uh, looking at your resume, I've, I've I've noticed you've got you, that you do a lot of work for the um, uh, the the cable cable TV movie companies. You did uh, you played Mark Lewinsky in John from Cincinnati, which was a show I never could quite figure out what was going on. <laughs> um, you played Hugo Jari, or is it Jerry or Jari? Jari, Jari think, yeah. fr from Deadwood. Now you're doing uh, Californication, and oh, I, I don't have the name of your character here in Californication. Uh, Stu Beggs. Stu Beggs. I, sh I should have known that. No, Stu Beggs, and uh, he's a producer. It's You know, you, you bring up something that I found very interesting in kind of a different way in terms of narratives, and that is – you know, we all generalize when we look back at the histories of entertainment. There was a period of time when I was in college where the thing that was happening was rock and roll albums with the Beatles, Rolling Stones, The Who, you got it, uh, 
Eric Clapton, all that period of time, the art that was put into record albums, uh, recording techniques, all of that, that was one of the things that was happening. And in terms of narrative, another thing that was happening was independent films. Those little movies like with Jack Nicholson, The King of Marvin Gardens and Five Easy Pieces, those sure. little movies. You know, the, the finger writes and as it writes, it moves on. And since then, a thing has happened that I kind of called the Titanic effect. When, when James Cameron was doing the Titanic, everybody was putting him down and was saying, this is nowheresville. Uh, you know, what a fool. He's spending all this money. But when Titanic was such a huge success, not only uh, critically, not only with the Academy Awards, but monetarily, yep. the Titanic stayed in movie theaters for months longer than people ever expected it would stay. And the net result of that was months and months of product that weren't released because Titanic was still doing such good business in the movie theaters. Because of that lag time, the producers of films started saying, you know, we don't have to make so many movies. We, we see now that what really sells is not all these little modest movies like Groundhog's Day. What really sells is these giant megalith films like The Dark Knight, like Spider-Man. So the movie industry, because of what I call the James Cameron effect, the Titanic <laughs> effect, moved to making fewer films that were more expensive. And because of this, again, in a way, the medium is the massage, the films naturally became more special effects oriented. And consequently, the stories became retelling of video games and comic books. You have good ones, like Batman Begins and Dark Knight, and you have ones that make me want to poke my eye out with a spoon, like Spider-Man 2. Or 3. You know, or 3, yeah. Make me want to kill myself. Now, I know a lot of people like Spider-Man 2. I have my reasons, which we don't have to go into, but <laughs> those movies make me crazy. But what fills the void when you have this canopy built over your head of this fluff that now has become the motion picture industry, this kind of CGI orgy that exists on top, is you have this stories have to go somewhere. People still want to hear stories. And where stories have gone, I think, is cable television. I think from Six Feet Under to True Blood to uh, Deadwood to even John from Cincinnati, which I couldn't figure out either. And you were uh, on it. Yeah, I was in it. I had no idea what it was. But that is the place where people have the uh, – curb your enthusiasm. Oh, yeah. Where people can create comedy, Californication. People could create comedy, can create drama without a lot of limits, without a lot of censorship, and it becomes the cutting edge of where people can find narrative. And network television, you see what's happening there. It's getting completely eaten by shrubs like uh, reality television. Which is you just know, so awful. You, you know, the Real Housewives of you name it yeah. and game shows. And, and they're cheaper to make. 
And so the real writers end up, uh, hey, Entourage, what a great show. And for my money, uh, HBO, Showtime, that's where they're doing stuff now. TNT. Yeah, yeah, they're they're doing a lot of original stuff too. Yeah. Okay, got to ask you something here. Okay. And this is this is a little weird. Okay. Uh you have done two movies with one of my all-time favorite kind of uh, can't quite describe what kind of actor he is. You played Tom Abernathy in Miss Congeniality 2 and Dr. I can't even say this guy's last name. Dr. Alvin as as in a uh, goodness gracious as on, in, on uh, what what is Boston legal. legal right both of those had William Shatner in it did you did you have any interaction with William Shatner at all I did not see the man at all really I didn't see him in fact I didn't know he was going to be a Miss Congeniality too but when I did that I did spend the day with Sandra Bullock and. I found – I'm sorry. I, I just changed subject. I'm just saying that I found Sandra Bullock to be one of the most compelling, genuine I, – I, 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 I got to say in this business, you could count people like Sandra Bullock on your thumb. This woman, uh, besides being a great actress, besides being a canny producer, is – genuine and generous and sweet uh they're just there's nobody like her now william shatner i don't know <laughs> i don't know I from don't william know shatner no, I I <laughs> he seems like a hoot doesn't he oh god I've, yeah <laughs> uh my, my brother is a gag gift actually bought me a uh an album it was like call i think it was like the greatest hits greatest hit of william shatner <laughs> And it was oh, it was just, just painful to listen to. What, what he was the one guy who recorded the album in Esperanto, right? He was the one actor who felt that Esperanto was going to be the wave of the future, and he learned Esperanto. <laughs> Do you know what Esperanto is? It's it's like a combination of what English, Spanish, and Portuguese. Yeah, it's like some kind of phony UN language, like the language of the future. That Which never, never really took hold, except it did in William Shatner's mind. <laughs> well, there's probably a part. lot of things in William Shatner's mind that <laughs> should should probably stay there. Yeah. I love the guy, but uh, y- yeah, he's hilarious. It's amazing how he keeps going, isn't it? And he's he kept going by making kind of uh, fun of himself. Yeah, well, he he would take these. I guess you could call them sideways journeys for his for in his career. You know, he he goes from from doing Star Trek, you know, a big iconic series that that basically gave him his name, to something as you know strange and bizarre as a '70s cop TV show, T.J. Hooker. Yeah. And well, you know, of course, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about talking about <laughs> William Shatner because I, I we have Stephen Tobolowski here, which is which I think is just I, mean, I am so hey, you know I bet out. you I've done more movies than William Shatner. Oh, I bet you have. I, but, I, mean, uh, I was looking yeah. at your IMDb page uh, earlier He's done today. More Star Trek's than me, though. That's for sure. What, did you ever try out for any of the the various Star Trek TV shows? 
I did, and you know, I would have, I would have given my right to have been in any one of those shows. I think I uh, read e- even two. wearing a red shirt. <laughs> if I was wearing a red shirt, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! Uh, even wearing the red shirt, knowing that I was Doomed. facing imminent death. <laughs> uh, you know, I, uh, boy. I, I read for it twice, and I think one time I lost the role. I'll tell you who I lost the role to. Whoopi Goldberg. I read for that part on the uh, Next Generation or whatever to play the governor or whatever that Whoopi Goldberg ended up playing. Oh, well, no, she was the uh, the bartender in 10 Forward. In, 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 in Star Trek uh, The Next Generation. St- yes. Yeah, whatever she role t- she, she played. She did. She would turn up quite a few times. So if you'd got that role, you would have been in quite a few episodes. Yeah, I would have been happy. Yeah, but hey, you know, if you have a chance of Stephen or Whoopi, I think I would go with Whoopi. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's what's in the future for Stephen Tobolowski? Wow. Uh, well, certainly we'll see where Californication leads, and as soon as they give me a script, I'll find out about that. Um, will he live? Will he die? Will I live or will I die? That's that's interesting. You never know. Uh, we we have a lot of exciting potential with the podcast. You know, there's always potential energy and kinetic energy, and kinetic energy always seems to wear people out, and people get very excited over potential energy, and we're in that potential energy stage on iTunes. We have something like 35 or 36 weeks already recorded of episodes. We have NPR in Seattle wanting to do it. We have a Chicago FM station, uh, 89.5, who wants to air the Tobolowsky Files. Their producer uh, is uh, connected with uh, other NPR shows, there, there's a possibility of, of it spreading virally, and, and there's always a chance, I don't know, you hope that maybe down the line there'd even be a book in it. Uh, you, you know, a lot of people who've heard the show have asked for a book of, of some of the stories, and that's all possible. So right now, David Chen and I are just working like crazy trying to keep up with the kind of demands of the Tobolowsky files. In, in terms of acting, whoa, man. You know, it's it's a strange time. It's it's a glee starts up again at at the beginning of August. Mm-hmm. And I've been told that uh they're bringing back everybody's fam- favorite uh singing dancing pedophile. <laughs> Sandy so, Ryerson. Yeah, Sandy Ryerson. So so I Hopefully, we'll be doing a few glees along the way. And feature films, I hear, also starting up. So I've auditioned for a couple of those and still waiting to hear. So it is a a big state of uh, excitement and potential energy. Uh, Kinetic will be tomorrow shooting Californication (laughs) without a script. That's your kinetic energy in action. Yikes. We're well, t- talking about podcasts. It's uh, one thing you, you you really don't know where they're going to end up because there's a guy uh, in the UK called Robert Llewellyn 
who you may know um, played Crichton in Red Dwarf. And he's been doing a series of podcasts where he's put cameras in a car and he gives people a lift and it's called Carpool. And he just chats to them. And they're a, they can, they can vary in length, but they're about 20 minutes long generally. And it's now gone to TV. Ah. Oh. Ah. Oh. So you never know where yeah. your podcasting yeah. could take you. Yeah. And he he actually, he yeah. actually did one with, uh, Patrick Stewart. Yep. Oh. He, yeah, he's done, he's done many, many. And it's now, it's now been taken up by a, uh, a cable TV. Um, company and they're going to be airing it, but he's kept a hold of it and he's he wants it still to be available as a podcast after. So he's you know he's he's keeping it true. So oh, that's awesome! What a great story. Uh, I I know you know in my meager way I got a letter from Helsinki and uh, the head of the Department of Languages there is a fan of the podcast. And he invited me out to Helsinki to do a live show of doing uh, this October of doing some stories from the podcast and having a screening of Stephen Tobolowsky's birthday party. So little odd things pop up all over because of the podcast. So, so yeah. you know, but boy, that story, Gaz, that is oh. That, that's a beauty there. Mm. Now the uh, the the Tobol now one nice thing as far as the Tobolowski Files podcast goes is typically you, know, you tell at least two stories per episode. Right. Each story is roughly, and I don't know if this is the way you have it set up, is roughly about fifteen minutes. Right. Right. And was that on purpose, or is that just kind of <laughs> the way that you you've written them? It's it it evolved that way. I had no idea what a podcast was really, and David Chin was saying, "Well, it has to be substantial enough to where people feel they have gotten their free free money's worth hearing it, <laughs> downloading it. You know that has some content." So I started writing them, and they fell out usually in two or three. Most of them are two. Three connected stories that all together equal anywhere from 30 to 50 minutes, depending on on how com complicated or convoluted the story gets. And that's kind of just the way it's fallen out. And, you know, it's interesting about a podcast. You know, I think about, I think about, Gaz, you know, the, the car story, because Podcasts are digested in such a different way yeah. from other media. And, and it's so brilliant having it in a car because you have a natural frame of somebody coming into the car, taking a ride, and leaving. Yeah. So you have a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's, it's beautiful that way. One thing I've heard from people who listen to the podcast, sometimes people will save up two or three of the podcasts for a long trip. And they'll listen to three of them at once. Sometimes people will listen to half of them, like before they go to bed, and they find it a lovely soporific. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Puts them right out. And, you know, they'll <laughs> listen to half of them each night before they go to bed and make it in their own way a kind of hop-along Cassidy cliffhanger. You know, little bit at a time. Store, but that's just it, isn't it? You can you can do what you want with a podcast, pretty yes. much, and listen to it just how you want. And that's that's what makes them so, uh, I think, so user friendly. Yes, 
Yeah, absolutely. It and, and in terms of writing it, it it has when I started writing the podcast, I was thinking of them in terms of each one a discrete individual story. The first story was about Halloween. The next story I wrote was about my love affair with Davy Crockett and the Disney movies as a child and the runaway hippopotamus at the zoo. Uh, the next one was about wild hogs. The next one was about the death of my mother. There was no apparent connection, but as the stories went along, I, I began to understand that people were listening to them in clumps and groups. And so I started trying to make a narrative that connected bigger and bigger chunks of the story together. Especially mm-hmm. in the second season, you've been doing that. Yes. So the, the, very much the first season was about that era of life that nobody talks about. I mean, everybody writes books about childhood and the carpool years and going to school and they make after-school specials based on it. But once you go to college and graduate, as far as the narrative of a society, you fall off the end of the earth. And the first season of the podcast is about what happens to a young man, a young woman, who's just starting out. In my case, I wanted to be an actor, but just starting out trying to find out what their life was going to be, falling in love for the first time, finding an apartment together, getting your heart broken for real the first time, encountering these big things for the first time, moving out to L.A. away from home. That's kind of what the first season is. And the second season is about when things go wrong with what you think your life is going to be is finding plan B and the marriage to my wife and her saving my life and our three honeymoons together and our nearly two divorces and, and, and what to do once you have a career and, and the stresses of that. And, you know, we're just starting that. Have you, have you found that as you've done it, you've just kind of settled into the role of doing the podcast and settled into the format that you, you know, you now find that you're happy with? Yeah, I, I, it's interesting. It's interesting what has happened is, and I've heard other writers talk about this in history, uh, you know, just in their autobiographies, you know, people like Charles Dickens or Gorky or people like this who've written about writing, they talk about hearing the characters talk to them. And I found the intensity of doing this podcast every week now for almost a year. Now I realize when I sit down a lot of times, I know the the gist of the story, but I don't really know what the story's going to be. And in a way, the story talks to me kind of in a way saying, well, wait a minute. The kind of the Google in your brain starts saying, Stephen, this, this little episode that happened in your life, we belong in this story. And then you start putting it in there and, and you find that the podcast itself starts shaping itself, yeah. you, you know, without making it sound too odd. It's interesting how it does – I think what you were suggesting is in a way it kind of takes a life of its own. Yes. And implies what has to be told next, 
what part of the story has to be told next and and as as you know guy you know it's not in a linear sequence i don't go chronologically i go back in the past the future dangerous animals club when i'm 10 then i go to when i had a broken neck it goes all over the place time wise but what kind of happens is while i'm writing the podcast I have a little voice in my head saying, you know the story you need to tell next is... This one. And it won't make any sense to me, logically. But then I start writing it and I go like, wow, that does make sense. I mm -hmm. get it now. So I listen to it now. Stephen, if people wanted to get a hold of you, how would they do so? I think the best way... And, and believe me, I have gotten so much out of these emails, is you could contact me directly at stephentobolowski at gmail.com. And I'll spell it because if you spell it wrong, you'll go to a nude website. It's S-T-E-P-H-E-N, <laughs> -T, -E -E T as in Tom, O, B as in boy, O, L-O-W-S-K-Y at gmail.com. And I'm also at twitter.com slash Tobolowski. I am at facebook.com slash Stephen Tobolowski. And of course, the Tobolowski Files podcast can be found at slashfilms.com. It can also be found on iTunes. And, and chances are, if you look really hard, you'll find other places that it's out there too that none of us really know where it <laughs> That's the marvelous web. Stephen, I really, really want to thank you for coming on this evening. This, you know, we've gone on now for about an hour, almost an hour and ten minutes. Chances are, I'm going to have to to break this show up into to two different podcasts. <laughs> and I mean, it, it has been just so wonderful. And, and I'm hoping at some point in the future we can have you on again. Yeah, I absolutely. would love to. And Gaz, uh, I'm threatening you. Uh -oh. uh, my wife and I happen to be some of the few American tourists that absolutely love Northampton. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's we are, and we're coming back. Oh, superb. You've got to tell me if you're coming back. And, and uh, you'll have to take us down that pub row and, oh, and we'll have to try some of the various lagers. Bitters. Bitters. <laughs> he, he likes <laughs> bitters. <laughs> and of course, and, if, I, if, if can you're I just ever, say to everybody, yeah, go ahead. Because I, I haven't seen it. Stephen Tobolowsky's birthday party, it's better than Spider-Man 2. <laughs> How could it not be? <laughs> well, no, if you go to the website, you'll see why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I think uh, we're, we're going to need to end this before I have a complete meltdown here in Garage okay. Thank you so much, Stephen. Uh, if you ever end up over in the Washington, D.C. area, uh, please contact me and, and we'll get together for dinner or, or, or something. I'll, I'll take you out and we'll guy. find bitters somewhere. Sounds great. <laughs> so, uh, everyone, please stand by to stand by, and, and Gaz and I will finish up the show in just a little bit. Adios. <laughs> We listen to Guy and Gaz on the MyMac.com podcast, and we were the big winners. Well, welcome back, and I hope you enjoyed listening to that uh, interview with Stephen Topoloski. Topoloski. As, as much as I enjoyed <laughs> being a part of it, because uh, it was it, it was a cracker. Yeah, it was. Anyway, he's, I think we ought to talk uh, about feedback and our contact. Yep. Uh, we are really, really looking for people that want to come on to the show as a listener invite. 
So yeah, come on, send us your emails. Yeah, send us an email to uh, feedback at mymac.com and get on the show. We will we will put you on the show, whether you like us or hate us or whatever. We'll put you on. <laughs> um, and you can contact Guy and myself um, at directly at gaz at mymac.com and you can also contact me on Twitter or follow me on Twitter if you want at twitter.com forward slash gazmaz. And guy, I'm, I think I think you've got a pretty similar email address. Yep, it's guy at mymac.com and twitter.com forward slash Mac Parrot. Now ah, ah! we uh, we have a telephone number that you all seem to despise on a regular basis because you never call it. It's area code seven zero three four three six nine five zero one. Seven oh three four three six nine five zero one. So call it collect, call it direct, but call it today. Don't call it collect because I'm I'm not going to pay for it. (laughs) Excellent. Yep. I think that's going to be it for the show tonight. Uh, Gaz is going to be gone for at least two weeks. Possibly three. Possibly three weeks. Yep. You're, you're, you're letting, you're letting your, your, your regular work and, and family obligations kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Next week I'm, I'm away. (laughs) I'm away in Belgium. Oh, I wish uh, I was going and a couple of weeks after that, I'm I'm down in Cornwall on holiday, and uh, internet connectivity down there is going to be pretty skimpy. I yeah, think a little scratchy. Um, yeah, and Belgium, it's, uh, we're going to be fairly busy as well. So, yep. yeah, sorry about that, chaps. Now, uh, next week, I'm hoping to have a web comic artist on by the name of Daniel Corsetta. She is the artist for Girls with Slingshots which you can find at girlsatslingshots.com. And unless she blows me off completely, uh, that's who I'm going to be talking to next week, guys. Cool. Yep. So I think that's going to do it for tonight. Uh, we love you long time, and we'll see you uh, next Well, I'll see you next week, and Gaz will see you in about three weeks. And thank you for listening to the MyMac.com podcast. Please send off feedback to podcast at MyMac.com. Be sure to check out our other shows, including Geekiest Show Ever, My Photo Tech Podcast, your own Victory Garden, and Sam's Cool Picks. All available in iTunes. 